What's going on, sports fans? Got another good one for you today. Today I'm going to be discussing the Super Bowl, and it, it really shocked me how the Super Bowl turned out. I mean, I really didn't see it going the way it did. thought the game was going to potentially come down to the last possession or just one big play made by a team's defense. It certainly didn't go that way. It was a blowout. And then I'm going to talk about a couple of the quarterback rumors going around the NFL and then a little bit about the Deshaun Watson stuff. So let's get into it. First thing, Bucks rolled the Chiefs 31 to 9 in the Super Bowl. I mean, this game was just ugly from the beginning, and it really seemed like the Chiefs were just off from the beginning while they were down the majority of the game, if not the whole game. It really seemed like they were still in it. They still had a chance, but they just never came back. There was a point where they were down by like 14 I I believe, I'm not 100% sure what they were down by at halftime, but they were down by a considerable margin, but they were getting the ball after half. So you really thought, okay, they had a bad first half. They're going to come out there. They're going to... They're gonna get. They're gonna get it going. They're gonna go score. They're gonna make this one, one possession game and get back to an entertaining Chiefs game. I mean, everyone knew. Even the announcers of the game were out there saying, "Hey, whichever team is down, they're gonna come back because both quarterbacks on either side are just terrific quarterbacks, and they always keep their teams in the game." And for Patrick Mahomes, he had never lost by double digits, so he's always been in the game. So not only was this his first double-digit loss, but it was the loss in the Super Bowl. And I really don't put a lot on Patrick Mahomes for this game because, like I said, the whole Chiefs team was just off from the beginning, and Patrick Mahomes was running for his life. I mean, he ran, I believe, like 497, maybe 57. I'm not sure the exact numbers, but he ran almost 500 yards like just running away from defenders before throwing the ball. That's an incredible amount. Obviously the most he's ever ran before throwing the ball in his career. It was a really bad time for the Chiefs offensive line to just not block anyone. And on top of that, whenever he would hit his receivers, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill were just not making the incredible plays that we've all come to expect from them. I mean, they did both have solid games. Travis Kelsey had 10 receptions for 133 yards. Tyreek Hill had seven receptions for 73 yards. But Travis Kelsey dropped a couple catchable balls, especially for Travis Kelsey. And there was a couple times where the ball was in, you know, Tyreek Hill's catching, you know, radius. And while we don't view Tyreek Hill as a crazy, you know, ball hawk, like he's not going to go up and get the ball for you. Most of the time he's running by his defenders. He still makes pretty solid catches, pretty incredible catches. So for both of them just not to be catching the ball, you knew something was off with the Chiefs. And if it wasn't the fact for Patrick Mahomes being the quarterback of the Chiefs, I think this game would have been much worse. A lot of people are, you know, hating on Patrick Mahomes. They bring up his his stats and they say, oh, if someone like Lamar Jackson or someone like Josh Allen put up these stats, there would be so much more slander towards them. They, they're trying to, you know, put, push this narrative that we're just protecting Patrick Mahomes because he's like the golden boy of the NFL and that's certainly not true if there's any other quarterback I dare say if there is any other quarterback for the Chiefs in this game this game the the Chiefs may have not even scored any points for one but for two this the Bucks probably would have put up like 50 I mean Patrick Mahomes made a a couple like a, he made a parallel throw where he was parallel to the ground I mean there was 
he was getting sacked and he just tossed the ball in the back of the end zone, which is something him and probably only two other quarterbacks in the NFL could have done because it required so much arm strength. And it was almost caught by Pringle for a touchdown. So Patrick Mahomes played his his butt off in this game. And the fact that, you know, it, they lost 31-9 to and his stats weren't great. He threw two interceptions. A lot of people are giving him hate. And it's just unwarranted because while the Chiefs offense did play bad, give some credit to the Bucks defense. They played amazing. They they had a game plan. They lost that first game against the Chiefs back in I believe week 12 and they they had a game plan ready. They they had lost by 3 and they were ready to come out and show that it wasn't going to happen again. And the Chiefs won that game because of a really strong first quarter by Tyreek Hill. He had like over 200 yards receiving in the first quarter and they made sure Tyreek didn't beat him. They made sure no none of their receivers beat him. They locked them down. They got after Patrick Mahomes. Like I said, the pass rush and coverage were just both amazing and too much for any quarterback to handle. Like I said, if there was any other quarterback in this situation, this game would have been much worse. And so you got to give credit to Patrick Mahomes, but and stop hating on him for putting up the stat lines he did because I don't think there's many other quarterbacks that could have put up what he did. But also, the Bucks defense needs to be recognized for being amazing. Todd Bowles did an amazing job with a game plan, getting after Patrick Mahomes. Any quarterback, when they have that much pressure on them, isn't going to succeed. And Todd Bowles should be a head coach in the NFL. Let's get that straight. And it's pretty you know, sad that he's not, but it's amazing for Bruce Arians and for the Buccaneers that he's not because he's doing an amazing, crazy good job over there in Tampa of putting that defense together. Moving on from that, though, Tom Brady now has seven Super Bowl rings. He was already the GOAT. We all already knew Tom Brady was the greatest quarterback of all time to, you know, play the game. But some people still question him. They said it was the system he was in. It was Bill Belichick. It was just the Patriots. And I talked about it um, in my last episode. Stop the Bill Belichick slander because they're still going to be good. They were both great. They were great together, and they're going to be great separate. And Tom Brady proved that he can still he 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 wasn't you know just a product of the Patriot way. He is his own person, and he is his own success story because he went in there, he got his seventh Super Bowl ring. He played really well, and the offense played really well. So like Gronk had two touchdowns. Who knew Gronk was going to show up? A Antonio Brown had a touchdown. I mean. Just the guys that you really didn't think were going to go in there and win this game for Tampa. They went in there and did it. Leonard Fournette had a pretty good game. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, not so much. But, hey, they were doing their part. They were running down the field, making the Chiefs cover them. Although that that didn't matter because the Chiefs couldn't generate anything on offense. But, nonetheless, Tom Brady is the GOAT. And I'm going to say this because it, it's true. And it will it will never happen or at least it will likely never happen. Tom Brady will likely never be surpassed as the GOAT, right? He has seven Super Bowl rings. The next closest is four. He's got three on all the legends behind him. So some young upcomer who we thought was going to be maybe Patrick Mahomes to be the guy to surpass Tom Brady was going to have to win six, at at that point. Now they have to win seven. And Patrick Mahomes has a loss to Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. 
So the, the the guy set up best to win as you know to even try to catch Tom Brady in Super Bowls is Patrick Mahomes. And now he has a loss to Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. So he can never surpass. I don't care if Patrick Mahomes gets 10 Super Bowl rings and Brady ends his career with 7. He will never surpass Brady because he lost to Tom Brady in an all out just ugly Super Bowl performance for him, but like I said any other quarterback would have done much worse. And Brady played well. So he can't be passed by Patrick Mahomes. I don't see any other quarterback in the league right now doing that. So Tom Brady, if he ever is passed by a quarterback for being the greatest of all time in the game, which I don't think will ever happen, at least as while, while I'm alive and I'm only 19, it won't be by a quarterback that's playing right now. Let me tell you that because... Patrick Mahomes was set up best for it. Had Patrick Mahomes won this game, had two by 26, he and only needed four more, he had the perfect scenario to end up being the greatest quarterback of all time. And heck, Ed, if he would have gotten six at that point, he's got a Super Bowl win over Tom Brady. And you're like, hey, this guy is the real deal. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. But now you're you're behind by six. Behind by six. Tom Brady has a win over you and a blowout Super Bowl loss. Tom Brady is the GOAT and will stay the GOAT for at least the next, I don't know, 30 years. Like I said, I think he'll be the GOAT as long as I'm alive. I don't see anyone passing him. Even if someone gets to seven, which I don't see that happening. Like I said, all these legends before Tom only have gotten four. If someone gets to seven... I still don't think that we'll still consider them in the same way that we consider Tom Brady because he did it with two teams. He went, he literally went to a team that hadn't been to the playoffs since what, 2012 or maybe it was 2005. I don't really know, but it was one of the like longest playoff droughts and took them to the Super Bowl. Beat Taylor Heineke, who, you know, a lot of people don't regard as being very well. I mean, he was, you know, a practice squad member, but he played very well against the Buccaneers. He then beat Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, and Patrick Mahomes to win a Super Bowl. Those three quarterbacks are all going to be Hall of Famers. Some are regarded as, you know, the most talented to ever play the game. So this Super Bowl run was probably more impressive than any of Tom's before and just cemented him as the greatest of all time in, in any sport, really. I don't I don't think of anyone being better than him, like in his sport, as being as dominant as Tom is in their sport. So moving on from that, if you've been watching or listening to any type of sports media over the last week, you know Russell Wilson um, on a radio show came out and said, or on a couple shows actually, came out and said that he was just tired of being hit they asked uh, I don't remember the specific question but it was something along the lines of what would Russell like to change and he said he would like to not get hit as much in a very casual casual way not a very snarky way you know the way the media has been portraying it they're kind of portraying Russell Wilson as a diva which he's certainly not he tries to stay out of situations like this you know if you've followed the NFL in any capacity over the past couple of years or ever since Russell Wilson has been a quarterback, you know that he doesn't 
he doesn't speak out a lot. He's not one of these guys that creates a lot of drama. And that's part of the reason why, you know, he's so beloved and why the Seahawks are so good because he doesn't stir the pot. He's, he's a great leader and a great guy. And so he doesn't feel the need or want to draw this unwarranted or unwanted attention towards him. But he did do it this time. And I don't have any problems with it. Any quarterback in the NFL would like to not get hit as much. It's just Russell Wilson said it. And, you know, the reason people are blowing this up is because we're in a time right now where quarterbacks are, you know, asking for trades out the wazoo. And it's kind of like, you know, if this quarterback doesn't work for a year, we're shipping them out. You're seeing it how Atlanta wants to move on from Matt Ryan, who, you know, was an MVP a couple years ago. You're seeing Teddy Bridgewater being shipped or wanting to be shipped out of um, Carolina. You're seeing Jared Goff being moved, Carson Wentz most likely on the move. You're seeing a lot of these guys who, you know, had a lot of success earlier and they're not doing so well now. They're just moving on from They're like, okay, we're going to get someone else. You're not worth our time anymore. And so since we're in such a quarterback-hungry phase in the NFL, I feel that's why you're getting all of these trade rumors and, you know, people making speculations like, oh, Russ is done, Um, the Seahawks are going to trade him or do whatever. Russell Wilson has a no-trade clause, and he loves Seattle. He's not going to request a trade. These two teams are, I mean, these two parties are going to work it out. They're going to get Russell Wilson some more protection. They're going to get him a better offensive coordinator because that offensive coordinator they have now or had is not is not very good. I, I don't like him. I think the way he schemes stuff isn't very, you know, you know, not, I'm not going to say smart because I don't want to insult the man's intelligence, but it's it's just not a very good way at playing the game, especially with the weapons Russell Wilson has. And, you know, there's a problem here because Pete Carroll is such, he's a defensive-minded head coach, and when Russell Wilson says that he's tired of getting hit, Pete, you know, he's going to say just run the ball more. Well, you know, Chris Carson is a solid back, but you don't have an offensive line, so you can barely run the ball as it is even with a solid back because – you know, earlier on, they had Marshawn Lynch, and it was much easier to say, okay, just run the ball because Marshawn Lynch is, you know, a, a great running back. Chris Carson's not great, but he's he's solid. He's, he can certainly be a, a feature back for the Seattle Seahawks. The problem is they don't have an offensive line. And so what they're going to do, stop saying, oh, Russell Wilson's going to get traded, oh, drawing up all these scenarios. It's not going to happen. People are making this a much bigger deal than it needs to be, like I said, because any quarterback would like to get hit less. And, you know, it, what added to this fire was the Seahawks basically came out and said they're not happy about Wilson's comments. Well, if you're not happy about it, protect your guy. You know, before, you know, the past couple years, Russell Wilson, he's been running for his life. And, you know, he pro- you, this probably stems from him seeing Tom Brady, who's 43, winning a Super Bowl, and him also seeing people like Cam Newton, who were very successful on and early on in their career, like Russ has been, and then falling off as dramatically as he did and likely do, I mean, because of injury and because he, and likely because he got hit so much. So Russell Wilson wants to, you know, not have that happen to him. And so he doesn't want to be traded. He just wants more protection. And let me tell you, the Seahawks are smart, which I think they are. They're going to go get him some more protection. They need to pass rush earlier earlier on in the season. They went and traded for Carlos Dunlap. They need an offensive line now. They're going to go either draft a guy or, 
sign a guy in the offseason. I'm not sure how much cap space to have, or they're going to trade for a guy. They're going to please Russell Wilson because he is what, you know, fuels the fire, which is the Seattle offense. Because in years past, it's been Seattle's defense that's been so great and why they've been so good. Well, now it's their offense. And that offense is led by a crazy, amazing quarterback named Russell Wilson. Now, if he's unhappy and he's like, okay, you know what? If you're not going to respect what I want or me wanting to have input and a little input in decisions or you're not going to give me what I want, not in a diva way, but what any quarterback would want, then I'm going to leave. And you know what? Then your fire just goes out or it's a small, tiny flame. Because right now it's a big it's it's a big fire because you have Tyler Lockett, you have DK Metcalf, you have Chris Carson, and you have Russell Wilson. All you need is an offensive line. And you're not paying. You might be paying Russell Wilson, but you're not paying DK Metcalf. He's on a rookie contract. So beef up the offensive line, and then you can then become contenders. Because you were in the playoffs this year. You had a solid record, but you weren't able to get it done against the Rams who pressured Russell Wilson a lot. And that's why you ended up losing the game. Your offense couldn't do anything. And so maybe if you get a better offensive coordinator who can draw up stuff and you get a better offense line, you win that game and you you know, you know make a run in the playoffs. So this, here's what the Seahawks are going to do. Here's what they need to do. They need to just go get some offensive line, maybe one or two for Russell Wilson, keep them happy, and stop... Stop, you know, trading for guys on defense because I get that's what your MO has been in years past, but the Legion of Boom isn't there anymore. Jamal Adams is not Cam Chancellor. Jamal Adams is not Prime Earl Thomas. You don't have Richard Sherman or I don't think I can't think of the other corner's name, but he was also good on the other side. You don't have that anymore. So stop trying to fuel a defense that isn't going to win you championships. Now I I support trying to help your defense, but don't get guys I understand Jamal Adams, but he's he's very he's a very pricey defensive player, and you could have used that money somewhere else. But you have him now, so that's fine. But stop allocating so many resources to a bad or you know the worst part of your team. While it makes sense to balance it out, no, the NFL is so offensively driven. Feed into your offense, which desperately needs an offensive line, and then you will get somewhere. Moving on from that, though. The Deshaun Watson trade rumors. There's been no big news coming out of the Deshaun Watson trade rumor mill lately as GM Nick Casario, I think that's how you say his name, and head coach David Culley continue to say Watson isn't going anywhere. They're committed to him is what they say. They say they don't want to trade him. I don't care if you don't want to trade him. The dude hasn't even talked to either of those guys. He doesn't want to be there. So stop wasting his time. Stop wasting everyone else's time. Start fielding offers and get the guy out of there. Make both parties happy. You guys need to rebuild. Even if Sean Watson stays, you're going to be a dumpster fire. You're going to waste, you know, the prime part of his career. So just stop trying to stop doing yourself a disservice. Stop doing Sean Watson a disservice, Texans, and just trade the man. And you're going to get a haul for him. You saw what the Rams gave up for uh Matthew Stafford so gosh dang you guys can get a lot for Deshaun just do it you and although there's no been no big news coming out of the trade rumor mill for Deshaun Watson Houston Texans president uh Jamie Roots resigned so that's kind of big he said he didn't like that the what direction the team was taking now the and 
whether he resigned or he, you know they urged him to leave. The Texans have been cleaning house, and which is is, is a worse part for Deshaun Watson because. You know, all these familiar faces he had around him. I understand getting rid of Bill O'Brien and the bad parts, but there are also some good parts that they've gotten rid of and some familiar faces that Deshaun Watson knew. So I really think that even, you know, whatever they do, even if they keep him on the team for this season, he's not going to play. He's going to hold out, and they're going to have to get rid of him at some point. I will say this, though. Now, I did do an episode on where I, or a brief stint, where I talked about where I think Deshaun Watson would be best at. I will say this. I think the Panthers, the Carolina Panthers, are going to go get Watson. Now, I'm trying to avoid bias here, okay? Because I am a Carolina Panthers fan. I'll be upfront with you. I, I love the Panthers. I haven't loved what they've been doing so in the past couple of years, but I do like them a lot. And I think they're headed in the right direction. With this new GM that they've hired, Scott Fitter or, or Fitter, whatever his name is, I'm very bad at pronouncing names if you couldn't tell, has been very aggressive in pursuing a new quarterback. As we saw with the Stafford trade that fell through, I mean, Carolina offered Teddy Bridgewater a f- this year's first and then I believe a fifth for Sam or Matthew Stafford, which isn't a, a lot compared to what, you know, the Rams gave up for him. But a lot of people would consider that a pretty decent haul for, you know, what you're getting, which is a quarterback in his 30s who, you know, has a lot of potential, but has also dealt with a lot of injury and hasn't had that much success in his career. So a first round pick, a solid quarterback that's only on a two year deal and, another draft pick that that's really solid and you're getting a top 10 draft pick there so that was kind of a a a good bit for Matthew Stafford when you consider the grand scheme of things and so the fact that they were willing to offer that for him I think the only reason they did that was because the Texans aren't fielding offers right now but I think they're going to be even more aggressive now that he's gone and there's no potential suitors I do not think that the Panthers need to draft a quarterback in this draft I really think after Trevor Lawrence maybe Zach Wilson and even Justin Fields you know it it really falls off I'm not big on Trey Lance I I, a lot of people like him I'm not big on him but that's besides the point that's not what we're talking about we're talking about the Panthers are going to go get Deshaun Watson because this GM when he was hired he said we were going to be a part the Panthers were going to be a part of every deal and they were going to be very aggressive. They're going to be in on everything. They're certainly going to be in on this. And a lot of people are starting to flip from, you know, oh, he's going to go, Deshaun's going to get traded to the Jets or he's going to get traded to Miami or all that. They're starting to say that Carolina is the landing spot. I, I have to agree. I think they have you know, enough capital to give up for him. And it's a very attractive spot with the weapons that Carolina has on offense. I mean, you have Christian McCaffrey, and if he's healthy, he's going to be one of the best running backs in the league. Not to mention he's basically like a slot receiver because he's, you know, he catches his ball insane, has amazing hands. You have Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, maybe even Curtis Samuel if they can re-sign him, which I don't think they will. I think he's going to go to Washington. 
But even if it's just those three, those are an incredible three, much better than he had in Houston last year. And then that up-and-coming defense for Carolina is going to continue to get better. They drafted all defense in the last draft, and the guys that they did draft early on at least showed a lot of potential. Jeremy Chen, Derek Brown, um, Gross Matos, they all have shown a lot of potential. So I think they're going to mold and get better in year two. Brian Burns, one of the best defensive ends, in my opinion, in the league. That's a little biased too, but otherwise, I mean, nonetheless, he is one of the better defensive ends in the league. And so it's a very attractive spot. I mean, Deshaun played at Clemson. He's familiar with the Carolinas. I do think that the Carolina Panthers are going to go get Deshaun Watson. That's it for this episode of The Blitz. Thank you guys for all your listens and follows. Remember to follow me at Jesse K. Bellamy on Twitter. And remember to follow and like and leave a review on whatever streaming platform you're listening on. And I will see you guys next time on The Blitz.